Or we're so, we're not still recording. I we? was gonna leave that there, but oh, you know, you I guess like yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> not now. Not now. That's all right. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week four edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell, here with Hank Pfeiffer and Cody the Vault. How's it going, guys? Ready Good. to get started? Yeah, let's go. Awesome, awesome. Uh, looking forward to uh, the big Penn Trafford game this week, coming in from Pennsylvania. Uh, so we've been reading some stuff online about them. Uh, some ins and outs, uh, saw some things from the Booster Club meeting. What are you guys seeing about this team, and what can we expect? Well, uh... Just talking with like Trox off air, he was telling me they're a well coached team. You know, they play really fundamental football, really smart, really heady. About any way you can describe without saying it, a, a white football player, which they predominantly are. And uh, that, you know, they're expecting a good game. It's, we were talking about, it's kind of hard to evaluate out of state opponents. You know, a lot of people didn't think East St. Louis was going to be as good as they were. A lot of people didn't think Sun Valley was going to be as bad as they were. But they're, the coaches are expecting a pretty good game uh, come Friday night. Good, good. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of hard to evaluate this out-of-state talent. Uh, I mean, going into the year, you know, we're playing two teams for Pennsylvania, Penn Trafford and Gateway. They are both from the same league in Pennsylvania. They had a team that dropped out of their league, so they both had a open spot this year. They both, you know, chose to play us with that open spot. Uh, going into the year, we all thought that Gateway was the better team. Um, out of the two. And Ooh. when they played earlier in the season, Penn Trafford beat Gateway. I, I think it was like 28 to, I don't 28-7, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Gateway uh, was ranked number one, I think, at the time they yeah, beat them. Yeah, so, I mean, but Penn Trafford was, um, th- they won. So, I mean, mm-hmm. now we're going into it assuming they're probably the better team. Uh, the one issue is that they did, m- they may have lost both of their running backs to injury last week. Um, didn't see the actual like injury report not that you really see that in high school but um, both of the running backs did go down last week and mm-hmm. it is almost assumed that one of them if not both are out complete, so that could be a, that could be a big game changer for complete them. silence on their part have not heard a single thing about them so yeah not that really many high school coaches talk about injuries anyway right. but you know total radio silence yeah, I mean both the running backs from what I saw were um, pretty talented guys coming from the Penn Trafford area. Um, at least one of them is supposed to be a D1 college talent. I don't know where, but they refer to him as a D1 college running back. So, um, I mean, that's definitely a loss for them if they're not able to have him. But, uh, I mean, besides that, you know, what we know about them so far, I mean, what else can we expect? Did you hear anything from the Booster Club or any scouting reports or anything else that you're seeing online? Decent size offensive line. I know their left tackle is left tackle's large. A big he he kind of towers over the rest of them. I thought it was odd just seeing a little bit of a film on him that he's kind of up in a two point stance while everybody else is down in a three point, which that makes him look a little bigger than he is. I think you know your footwork. His footwork's kind of slower, is what that tells me that he mm-hmm. can't get back and pass pro from yeah. a three point stance as quickly as the other ones. Um, it seems like he kind of makes a living off of just being the bigger guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard enough to just run around him. Um, what little I saw, it didn't look like they were playing really stud defensive linemen. The center stuck out to me in that how small <laughs> he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could get up to the second level and get on linebackers real quick, but I think he's going to have himself a long night going against uh, Manny. I think he's listed at like 5'10", 250, somewhere in there, and what Manny has, a solid 75 pounds on him. Minimum, yeah. I'm, I'm being generous. Yeah, it's, I mean, 5'10", 250 is you know not a small guy though either. No, no. But as far as the rest of their offense goes, um, they ran some five wide. They'll run use an inline tight end, put him back in a wing like we's a fullback. Um, nice little mix of power and zone schemes. They'll try to run the jet sweep from five wide a little bit, bunch sets and that kind of stuff. It's uh really for high school looks. It's a lot to prepare for. Um, I know they like to run their quarterback a lot on design mm-hmm. QB runs. Not so much option, just so much, you know, like cute quarterback zone, stuff like that. Um, beyond that, defensively, I think they're like a 3-4. Like to play quarters and go a little bit of single high a little bit, play a little bit of 3-3 three, three stack, which we just destroy whenever we see it. So I don't expect to see that look from them much. 
I haven't seen anything on their cornerbacks. I'm curious how they can cover our guys outside. Like, I think, I know we've talked about it (laughs) multiple times. There are very few teams that can cover cornerbacks in general at any level. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Could be in for a long night. Yeah, I mean, from what little I've read and heard, um, I think they were down last week after they lost their two running backs in the same game, and they came back out in the second half, and they ran their quarterback a lot. He made up for it, and they ended up coming back and winning the game. Um, So they do like to run in the quarterback, and if they're missing some of those running backs this week, one or both of them, they might have to rely on that a little bit more heavily, so they might have to run the quarterback more. Um, something I'm sure you know our defense is well prepared for it and you know, mm-hmm. looking forward to. Um, with that, I, I had somebody that saw some film on them and they were telling me a little bit about it. They said they have a big line, um, but it, they don't always play like they're the biggest line. You know, maybe it's just because of the competition they've been going against so far. They haven't had to just completely dominate. Um, but you suppose it's a big line, but maybe not the strongest or they just haven't shown it yet. Um, and then they might lack some of the athleticism on the back end to keep up with our guys. But, I mean, how many teams in the state, country, mm-hmm. have the athleticism to keep up with our guys? Um, so, I mean, that's not a that's not a giveaway, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, teams prepare for that, and uh, you have a lot of things that we run off of it um, to go against that as well. Yeah, um, I think... Special teams wise, they're pretty. I don't know, average. I've seen almost nothing on them besides like one fake punt they ran, just up back, snap to him, run, you know, basic stuff. Extremely generic, yeah. Yeah, but it's just something you have to look out for, prepare for, and beyond that, nothing really stood out to me. Yeah, so I guess just the the elephant in the room, at least the elephant that we put in the room, <laughs> yeah. is, a, is a comment that we saw online. I don't uh, even know where it was that we found this. Um, they, from what I understand, there were sports writers out of the Pittsburgh area okay. near where they're from who have some round table they do every week, Okay, and they just kind of brought this up. Yeah, so um, kind of in the, in the question there, they brought up, you know, how are, how are we going to deal with Masson without our two running backs. And what they said was, uh, let me see here, find it. See, well, you know, our biggest mad, biggest thing for Penn Trevor now is health. Two top, top two running backs were lost last week with injuries. I don't know their status. Losing this guy would be a big loss. I love what John Ruan uh, has done there. They always play so physical. I think they can give Maslin a game. This isn't Paul Brown's or your father's Maslin. <laughs> Which, yeah. So I mean, obviously, Penn Trafford is a you know a decent team, a good team. They're undefeated out there. What are they four and zero now? Whatever. Sure. Because um, they're a week ahead of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think they're four and zero. You know, they they took out their rival Gateway, who was a ranked team in Pennsylvania. Um, so obviously they're going into the game with high hopes. You know this is not a, a Sun Valley, mm-hmm. right? I mean this is this is a good team. Everything that we're hearing from people is that they are a good team. Um, you know they might be missing their running back. Who knows? Um, I guess we just have to assume that he will be back. But I think the the big comment there is you know how out of touch this this uh, reporter is yeah. in the Pittsburgh area saying that Maslin's not Maslin anymore. Um, that's essentially what I took out of it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. You like know, we so. didn't just go 14 and one and make a run at the it, state title. If you forget last year, I think the black Swarm podcast on Twitter, they mentioned this, that after the sun Valley game last year, after the coach got home, he decided to comment that we didn't think they were going to be that good. We didn't know they were going to be that good. after we go off and play for a state semifinal. In a state semifinal. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know if they're just okay. not doing their research <laughs> properly I, or if that was just kind of a... Like trying to get us know, riled up? Kind yeah. of an excuse or what it was. But I mean, it can be true in that I don't think Paul Brown had a split end running a 4-4 down the field. You know? No. My dad... Let alone two of them. My dad's Tigers <laughs> ran the wing tee-ish, something like that. So, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, it is like physically not the same in that there are different players, and you know, but mm-hmm. it's still... Maslin. A dominant brand of football. Yeah. One of the most dominant in the state currently. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, like, I don't know how you missed out on that. 
whether he's just you know he watched film and he decided that we're not as good or if he's just assuming that you know we haven't won a state championship in however many years so they obviously aren't good anymore not knowing we went to the finals last year and what the final four the year before that and yep. final four in 2010 and state championship in 05 and um you know, besides all that, four yeah. state championships and nine national titles before that. Um, obviously, there's a reason why he thinks we're not the dominant masculine that we used to be. And uh, I think that's a good reason for everybody to show up to the game this week, especially the people that are saying, oh, it's an out-of-state team. These out-of-state teams are always bad. You know, mm-hmm. Sun Valley is horrible. Uh, that's not the case. This is a good team. They're coming into it expecting to win. And I always like the show that we put on for these out-of-state teams that don't get to see us, you know, because it's a big deal to come to Paul Brown Tiger Mm -hmm. Stadium, right? Yeah. And, you know, they're going to bring a crowd. And the fact that they can talk about the Paul Browns Tigers or even your father's Tigers is they know about it. Yeah. Everybody knows about it. So it's going to be a big deal for them to come here. And they're going to be hyped up about it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to put on a show. I'm excited that all the fans are going to show up to the game because it is a big game. And we're going to show them and the reporter that Maslin is still Maslin. Once a Tiger, always a Tiger. And we're going to show out in full force and we're going to show them a good game. Yeah, you know, we uh, the last Pennsylvania team that came in here, we accidentally put up 100 on them. Now, let's see what happens when another Pennsylvania team gives us a reason to do that. What was your comment, though, about the Sun Valley game when the kid tried to chest bump our running back on the way to 100? Oh, when they gave up, like, before kickoff even started? Yeah, yeah. that one, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I'm expecting more out of Penn Trafford. But yeah, I would agree. They, I don't think they know what they're walking into. Buzzsaw. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for it. I mean, I know the coaches and players are excited for it. I'm just hoping that we can get the fans also excited for it mm-hmm. um, because it – you know, a lot of the times with these out-of-state games, people don't take it serious because in the past, not all of the out-of-state teams have been great. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. So everybody needs to go to the game. It's going to be good weather. So show up to the game. Uh, show the other team that Maslin is still Maslin. We still fill the stands every single week. doesn't matter who we're playing. And uh, come out and support the Tigers. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's all I got. Uh, quick one tonight. I think we're only up to like, I don't know, 15 minutes. Might be a record for us, honestly. Wow. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Warren, the Warren game. Yeah, I mean, we could touch on it. Um, So what were you guys' uh, thoughts? We, I mean, we were all there. We all watched it together. Um, Slow to start. Not necessarily our fault, but I think we had eight or nine plays in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, we just didn't touch the ball. I remember at one point it was fourth and one or fourth and two. Warren's quarterback called his team to the sidelines, watched the play clock go to one, then called the timeout. I think their entire strategy was just to play keep away, keep the ball away from our offense because then we couldn't score. Um, I think once we got in our rhythm, we were able to move the ball fine. I think our defense was hitting kids all night, flying around the field. And I think after those first two drives, Warren just kind of our four quarter mentality took over in the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, coincidentally, you know, we walked in right after the first drive, so we kind of missed that part of the game. So we only saw the dominant performance from mm-hmm. there on. Yeah. You know, from what we heard um, before we got there, it seemed like we were maybe mixing things up, trying a few different things out, trying a different. A couple of different personnel groupings out as well um so it seems like you know we we're trying a few things out with them and seeing what we could do seeing what we couldn't do uh it definitely seemed like warren had you know their game plan you know they it's what showed it to me was at to end the first half you know i'm sitting with matt and he's saying hey they they should just run the clock out yeah right and i'm like no they, they should probably go for it Right, Warren should probably go for it. They're down. Mm-hmm. I think they know they're a little outmatched. If I can't score now, I'm not going to score. You yeah. know, so don't take a knee going into half. Right? They end up throwing a pick six. Yeah, but I still think it was the right idea on their part that they they needed to go into it. You know, knowing that they're you know they're down on the scoreboard and they're a little outmatched. Um, but I think you know really what happened throughout the game 
you know, we we outplayed them in everything, mm-hmm. right? Offensive, defensively, special teams. And I think a lot of our schemes worked really well against them. I saw we were mixing things up on defense um, with them. And, I mean, one time that really stuck out to me is Warren went with a three-by-one set, right? Mm-hmm. And something that we've done in the past, it's, it's nothing new, is we kind of rolled into it, but with the corner attacking. We usually do that with teams that like to throw quick bubble screens, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> Warren tried to throw a quick little bubble screen. Corner is right there to take it out immediately, right? Very next play, Warren goes with a three-by-one set the opposite direction. I think they were assuming we we're going to roll into it again, and they were trying to hit a backside fade, backside post. We don't roll, and we end up double-teaming that backside fade, and we, we knock it out of bounds, almost interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I was overthinking it at the time, but in the stands, I was watching that, and I went, you know what? I think we just won with the press box. I think our coaches just won that play right there. I think we had them confused, which they didn't know what we were going to do. Um, one thing about Warren is that they were mixing their coverages up. Yeah. And I don't know if there was maybe some miscommunication a few times or once or twice. Um, Warren was playing man-to-man coverage, and they were also dropping into, what was that, cover four? Yeah, they were dropping into, But they kind of disguised it exactly the same. They showed both of them the same. What I was doing from the stands is I was looking at the safety's eyes. Because sometimes he's looking in the backfield. That kind of told me cover four. Sometimes he's locked on staring at the number two receiver. That kind of told me man-to-man. You know, that's not going to work with every team, obviously. But I think with Warren, it was kind of a giveaway with them. But it was nice that we a team was disguising coverages with us. Um, because I think there may have been a time or two where it may have tricked us up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was one time we threw a quick screen. And Ballard ran right past a corner. And I didn't know if he was supposed to block him or not. But that corner ended up making the play. And my first assumption was maybe we thought it was man. And And the corner was going to run with Ballard. Mm -hmm. Instead, it was cover four. He came up and made the play. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know know if that's... That might not even be what happened at all. But they were definitely mixing up their coverages. And I think that's a good look for Maslin to try to read stuff like that um, because that's going to completely change your pass progression from Longwell. And it can also change what route you're running for the receivers. So I think it's nice that they got to see that um, against um, some quality athletes out there. They were able to mix it up with them. Yeah. uh, I know you're, you'd like to keep your eyes more on the skill guys, the the coverages, like what you just talked about. I, um, I like to watch the line, you know, see what they do. Cause most of the time the offensive line is going to tell you what plays being run. Are they, you know, dropping back in pass protection? Are they running power, zone, what? Well, one thing Warren did too was they mixed up and threw a lot of different fronts and blitzes at us, which is, again, another good thing for an especially young line to see. Um, I know coaches don't really, you know, they don't like to talk about injuries. Our center went down, what, first series? That was before we even got there. Yeah. Um, don't know what's up with that. Not going to question it. Not going to talk about it. All I know is Manny stepped up in the game, and I thought he did a really good job, especially for still starting at nose guard too. Yeah, you know, it's you do your best to not play your guys both ways all game. You want to keep them fresh, but still, this is high school ball. Sometimes that's just how the uh, that's just how the chips fall. And I thought he did a really good job in that situation, mm-hmm. especially stepping up and a backup, a guy that's not used to being a center. Um, playing it much and you know getting gas like that you usually see snaps get worse as the game goes on mm-hmm. i thought whole game snaps were great you know so we'll see how the line shakes out this week i don't know the situation but we'll see what happens um overall i thought when we kind of got a feel for what they were doing up front that we kind of got the running game going we got a little more in the groove it just took a while that feeling out process seeing you know trying to pick up on tendencies and that kind of stuff. Um, one play that me and Trox actually talked about, I asked him, like, when we ran that fake screen, that I thought they um, they caught us when they were in man coverage, and that's why they shut mm-hmm. it down like they did. He said, no, they, just, they were in zone. They just happened to play it great. Yeah. And I thought, you know, you saw Longwell, he looked for the deep. They 
short one's covered too, and he just threw it out of bounds. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want to see. So it's good to see him, you know, not not that I would expect him to, but he's a smart, he's a heady player. Play gets shut down, just get rid of the ball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I had to critique a few things from last game, um, let it rip. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, I mean, to talk what you were saying, Manny did come in and play center. Um, you said the snaps are really good. I, I think they weren't perfect. No, but for um, a backup center, they were. For a backup center, every, that's you know, starting there weren't guard. any bad snaps. Like, they weren't bouncing on the ground. They didn't go over Longwell's head. So that's all that really matters. I think there was a few times where the snap was maybe a little high. Um, I remember people around me saying, like, well, why, why is there a bad snap? Which, you know, is probably the only one all game. Yeah. But, you know, Long- I think there was a few that came in maybe a little high, um, which, you know, Longwell caught it just fine. But I don't know if that really messes with his footwork and timing or not. Um Another thing with Longwell, being such a smart player like that, like seeing the fixed screen was covered, just throwing it away, great play. <clears throat> I think there was the one time where he took a sack, which I, I kind of wish he would have got the ball off um, without going back and watching it, just remembering seeing it live. I think I remember seeing maybe a two-man route. Yeah. Ballard and Wilson Lamp were both covered pretty well yeah we're in our and we're we're waiting for one of them to break open i mm-hmm. i know that's what longwell is doing too because give him another step yeah and that speed is going to take him away from the defender right mm-hmm. instead he ends up jumping and kind of getting hit midair and you know that's just not something he needs to take i think he could have thrown it to one of them overthrow one of them throw it up to one of them i mean it, it's a nice luxury to have when both your receivers you know, run a four four. They're both six two, six three, and they're great athletes. You almost always have a plus matchup in a jump ball situation, or if you overthrow somebody, you know nobody's going to get mad in that situation if you throw it ten yards over one of their head. So I think you know that one sack could have been avoided. Um, even though I know what he was doing, give it yeah. give it another second and as a touchdown. Yeah, I get it, it. I'm going to comment on that play. It was what like second and one, second and two. We were in our double fullback set, you know. Any kind of second and short yardage situation, I'm taking a shot play. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, like that's what you want to do. So I'd like the play call. And when you have your those matchups like that on the outside, I love it even more. You dress it up, you go out of a heavy set, make it you know look like it's going to be a run, mm-hmm. end up running max protection. And like you said, I didn't like him sitting back there just kind of patting the ball like he was, you know, waiting for somebody to break open. But that shows me the faith he has in our line and our, you know, the fullbacks mm-hmm. and the tailback that he's, that the protection, he's got faith in that protection to hold up like that. You know, he's not sitting in the back there getting happy feet, kind of running from ghosts or anything. So that's my only other comment and a positive on what is an otherwise negative play. Yeah, I, I agree with that aspect. You know, if, if I'm just nitpicking here, you know, I'd rather see him not get hit, especially yeah. not with that like little jump leap he did. I don't know if it was I, I'm doing I this know. all off of memory, <laughs> yeah. but I remember he was like in the air when he got hit. So yeah. I don't know if he was trying to like dodge a hit or what it was, but um, he kind of got hit in the air and that's just a shot he didn't need to take. Not no. that it was a, a vicious hit or anything, but you know, I, I'd like to see him not get touched, but you know, he definitely trusts his line and they've done great for him all year. They did great for him that game. So that was his first sack all season, I think. Yeah. That's what you call a coverage sack. And as a line, you're, protection is only built to hold up for so long you can't just realistically expect your line to be able to hold off every rusher for Mm -hmm. you know a seven step drop three hitches and still sitting back there patting the ball eventually that's got to get out there yeah exactly so i mean just nitpicking here i just nobody wants to see their quarterback get hit right um i think we'd all understand in that situation if the ball got thrown up in the air or you know even over their head i think either one of them you know is a plus matchup in a jump ball situation mm-hmm. you know if it's not a tied game in the fourth quarter i think the fans are going to understand if you throw it up to Jaden yeah. ballard or close on life right <laughs> so um uh, th- that's just one thing that i kind of picked with it you know like you said i do watch you know the skill guys out wide more than i watch the line because um, I don't know as much about it. I, I don't see the different things that are going on, really. Mm-hmm. I just see them blocking. Yeah. Right? That's all I see is I just see, oh, they block. You see the fat bodies hitting. I see a good block. <laughs> I see a bad block, you know, but yeah. I don't see what kind of blocking patterns we're doing and stuff like that. The one thing that I would mention from that is I remember 
I forget what quarter it was. I know we were going to the right. We were on the, so the scoreboard side. side. So we were going towards the scoreboard yeah. side. And Terrence Keys picked up a blitzing linebacker <laughs> just head on. Two years I remember past that the line I of think scrimmage. On the, yeah. on the plus side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And just knocked him out. I mean, what a great hit, block, all of the above. Keys saw I don't that. know why he was running full speed at the line of scrimmage like that. But he took on that blitzing <laughs> linebacker head on, and it was a great block. Keys saw that linebacker coming, and he decided this is now an Oklahoma drill. That's all that happened there. And guess what? Keys won. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that I did take away mm-hmm. from, you know, the interior. I don't see much in there. Yeah. But that's one that I did see, and uh, that was a great play. It was like our running backs all night, though, going back to Keys and Pfeiffer and Hodges and everyone else. Ran hard, hard to take down. What I think Hodges had a 39 or 41 yard run, mm-hmm. and yeah. probably 15 or 20 of them after contact, guys dragging on. Yep. Like it was. Our kids don't go down easy. No. You're fighting for every yard. And I think I remember that was kind of later in the game. Yeah, it was going it? towards yeah. the left mm-hmm. from our side. Yeah. So, you know, you look later in the game, it was we kind of had it in hand, mm-hmm. a little meaningless. You know, you'd expect kids to start kind of pulling up a little bit. Not even a no. little bit. Four quarter football team, baby. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Hodges, he goes all out. <laughs> you know, that's for sure. For playing full-time you know, it defense. It yeah. doesn't matter what time the game is. He's going all out. And, you know, they put him in there at running back, you know, later in the game. And he's good at running back. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's not like he's just down the depth chart on our running back. You know, he's a good running back, but we also, you know, need him full-time on defense, right? Um, so I think getting him some of those reps at running back could be valuable in case we end up needing him at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's good at it. The one issue that I've had with him at running back, and this goes back <laughs> to the St. Ed scrimmage, when I watched, is it just looks ugly when he gets tackled. It's like he's fighting so hard to get off those tackles, he lands in weird positions. And every time, I'm just like, that looked like yeah. it hurt. Like that, that hurt my leg, the way he landed. Because <laughs> he's fighting so hard. I remember last game we talked about it, and I called it... Um, Bo Jackson. I called it the Bo yeah. Jackson. You know, he just refuses to go down. He's going to rip his leg out, you know, one of these times. Yep. Because he's going to just go without it. I don't need this leg anymore. I'm just going to keep running. And it just scares me when he gets tackled because it's, you know, three or four times I've seen him land awkward. Mm -hmm. And I remember the St. Ed scrimmage, it happened, you know, two or three times in a row, and then he got pulled out. I don't know if that was – I don't know if the coaches saw that, and they're like, hey, let's not get our, (laughs) you know, defensive player, our stud hurt as a running back in a scrimmage, or if it was just timing, but – you know, there's definitely a few times where he's fighting so hard not to go down that it, it kind of looks ugly. Yeah, I mean, I would be slightly more worried about it if I never saw that boy squat before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we watched him at the liftathon. He's got Monster. 405 for reps, but he's also bouncing his hamstrings off of his calves. He's flexible. <laughs> I'm not quite worried about landing in an awkward position for him. Yeah, I mean, I guess just the older I get. The more worried about it I get about this kind of things. Yeah, I don't know. You know, a couple of years ago, I would never have cared about any of this. Now it's like you see one weird thing that looks like that hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's like I can't even scroll through the internet anymore because I get freaked out by seeing this stuff. You know, everybody loves seeing the videos of guys doing backflips and failing, and I I cringe. Yeah, that's... how how did that guy not just break his neck? It freaks me out. A couple of years ago, I would have been the one offering to do the backflip. <laughs> you know, now I, I don't want to leave the house anymore. Yeah. So, I don't know. Things change when you get older, I guess. Yep. That's just how it goes, I guess. Um, real quick, though, serious conversation. On defense, I did like that little sub package we put in. We, what, we had Vincent and Keys coming off the edge, <laughs> and then uh, Wilson Lamp and Ballard out at corners. You know, that's a very specific, like, hey, this is going to be a pass-type defense and not probably not something you want to get caught in if, like, you know, say they convert and then they go into the hurry-up so you can't sub back out. But it is a nice situational package we have in our back pocket. Yeah, I mean, the speed they had both coming off the edge. I know Keys, he's been, what, Obi back two games this year? I think weeks two and three. Yeah, he's lined up there a little bit. And he has been in the backfield, I think, every time he's been lined up there. Yeah. I mean, he's been going to make plays every time, so... That speed off the edge really can help. Yeah, I I, rem- I do recall Keys making a tackle last game where I didn't really see him at the beginning of the play. Mm. So I don't know what his assignment was or what he was supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. 
but he chased down a guy running towards the sideline mm-hmm. and he just looked like a flash <laughs> chasing him down ends up tackling him out of bounds pushing him out of bounds whatever but I, I recall seeing some guy chasing down this player really fast and tackled him and then when he got up it was keys and i was like oh that was a great play by keys and then I looked at Matt, and I was like, well, actually, I don't know what happened before that. He might have blown his assignment, for all I know. But great yeah. hustle. Yeah. yeah. He chased him down. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that's what he was supposed to do. Um, but he chased him down. Great play, just because, you know, it was like a flash. It was, mm-hmm. it was the LeBron chase down dunk, uh, block, right? <laughs> just out of nowhere. I uh, just saw Keys flash across and make that tackle. So I, I think that was really good hustle on his part. Uh, you don't see him on defense all that much. Mm-hmm. He's also your starting running back. Yeah. So... I mean, it's good to incorporate these players both ways and get them some experience. You know, get Ballard and Lamp out there on defense because you, you never know. You never know when you're going to have to go against, you know, another guy like that. Yeah. You, or yeah. you might need that matchup. Um, so just getting these players' experience in these types of games is crucial. And it gives the defense something else to look at, something else to think about. and Something else. See what they for. do against it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had Mazer on here. Uh, he was talking about, you know, you'll see teams late in the fourth quarter show some like weird kind of blitz that you never saw on film at all before that. And, you know, they just call it like a, a film blitz, you know, just something to make you think, make you prepare for. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the real game time situation, it's probably not something they're ever going to run because they're just throwing it out there specifically to put it on film. Mm-hmm. You know, we put these guys in and like what? The first second quarter quarter still when it was still a game so it's just something that you know it's not just something we're throwing out there to mess with other coaches it's something we have and we will probably legitimately use thus other teams are going to have to actually prepare for it yeah with that aspect something we talked about a lot last year haven't really got to it at all this year is our ability to adjust our coach's ability to feel out a game and to figure out what's going to work so I think last game, those first series or two, you know, we're, we're kind of feeling things out. We're mixing things up, testing different things out. And what you see is these other teams always give you their best, right? Sometimes they'll come out and they'll do something they've never done before because they think it's going to catch us off guard. They think they're going to be able to beat us. They have to beat us some other way. They can't just come out and play their own game. So they got to mix it up. And I think the one thing that we're really good at is we can go out there and we can take the punches early. We can let them show themselves. And then once they do, we can adjust and we're all over it. You know, the one thing all of our coaches have talked about is how much they practice different scenarios. You know, Coach Mazur will mention how every week they go against 13 different fronts. You Put know, in the practice. worst case situation. Worst yeah. case scenarios. You know, we're ready for it. So it's kind of like, hey, show us your cards. What are you going to do? And now we know how to defend it, or we know how to attack it. And I think that's something we saw last game a little bit, and we're going to see it in the future as well. Because, you know, you play some of these teams, and you have quality teams, and it might look close early, and then we start to pull away. And that's our coaching, our preparation, the kids practicing against so many different scenarios as hard as they do. Um, and work in the film study as hard as they do, you know, that's when it starts to show. So, I mean, we talked about it last year all the time about the different adjustments that our coaches make. And, you know, I think that's something to look forward to as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's the players too. Uh, Trox was at the booster club meeting for Glen Oak. So they went over St. V film. Well, uh, I think it was like the one pass Aiden had, it was a bad throw against St. V. He tried to hit the crosser coming where, uh, Ballard was coming open on the post over top of it. And Trox, you know, just like raised his hands like, you know, you saw it, right? And Aiden's like, yeah, I got it. I'll, we'll get it next time. You know, just had that basically conversation just walking off the field. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he did. And he's not the kind of kid that's going to make that mistake again. And that's like the rest of our team too. You know, they're everybody high football, high football IQ team is what mm-hmm. we have. And I that's something you don't see every day either and they're willing to take coaching though like it's you know you have to be able to sit there and get chewed out for a second but at the end of the day you know like the coach is trying to teach you trying to help you and you're gonna go out and execute next time yeah i mean with all the systems that we have in place you know the way that we're able to practice so efficiently and we're able to use film study you know online the kids can take it home with them and they can read 
the reports and see, you know, what I should have done here, what kind of look to expect here, um, stuff like that. You know, the ability to buy into that system and do your work mentally so that you know what's going to happen because, you know, the coach can put 13 different defensive fronts against you at practice. But if you're not really learning the difference or learning what you're supposed to do against each one, it, it doesn't help, right? So, I mean, the kids buying into the system and being as mentally tough as they are to go through this because they all have the same goal in mind and they know that they're going to have to do this all year long to get there. Um, I think it's a great team effort. And, you know, that's exactly what it takes, you know, to go 15 weeks. Yeah. And I can't remember who said it, if it was uh, Coach Moore or not, but they were talking about what separates the good from the truly great teams are the guys that buy in to playing like their role on a team. You know, we came into this year talking about, Oh, Jaden Ballard offer from, you know, Ohio state and all these other big division one schools. Mm-hmm. Wilson lamp comes out and breaks a single game receiving record. Ballard's got what, like six catches for a handful of yards and a touchdown. And you know, he's happy for his, happy for his teammate. Mm-hmm. See, like, Zion, who we thought after last year was going to come in and be the incumbent, you know, starting running back, he's playing a lot of, like, that fullback-type wing role, doing a lot of blocking out there, not, you know, a role that you're not going to touch the ball every play. And he loves doing it, and you can tell he's really good at it. And we just have all these guys that would probably would be starters on a lot of other teams and probably be, like, you know, big names there, and they come in, they they fall into that role and love it Well, on Zion too. You know, I mean the coaches see every day he's in practice, he's working. He might not be, you know, one, a running back, but then he goes to war and has two touchdowns in meaningful game time. I mean, this was first and second quarter quarter. Yeah. Like getting right after it. And I know the coaches, they highlighted a couple kids, but especially it was Jaron Hodges on some of the RPO stuff we do outside his blocking downfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, he takes pride in that. And he really works on that. And you've seen it's already sprung us for some really big plays this year. So like that kind of embracing your role, doing your job, and it's helping the team. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've touched on in the past. I know the coaches make a big emphasis with it. Um, receivers blocking downfield, they make a they made a big deal about it. I mean, especially last year, you know, Trey Morgan was so good at blocking downfield. He loved blocking mm-hmm. downfield, blocking for the screens. You know, you're not the one getting the ball but you still have a job to do. You know, everybody has a job to do every single play. Um, you know, Zion hasn't been lined up in the backfield every single play this year. You know, he, he's been playing that other position. I, I forget what you call it, but he's been playing that other <laughs> position a little bit. And, you know, he, he's, well, they have so many different names now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he's been playing that other one. But then he still gets the snaps. He had the... Uh, you know, two touchdowns. They had that great run that we walked in on mm-hmm. um, and saw that, you know, right down there on the field. And, I mean, as the year goes on, I'd expect it to get a little bit more creative back there, a lot more for other teams to prepare for. You know, he's not a fullback. He's not playing fullback. You know, this isn't 1975 and he <laughs> is your blocking fullback, right? So right. I'd expect things to get mixed up a little bit. You know, week one he got used – uh, he ran that flare route, mm-hmm. you know, right out there. So, I mean, he definitely a big adjustment for everybody having to, you know, coexist in that backfield. But that just helps everyone, it's you like know. Moving him over there, too, to that position that we don't know what to call it, or at least Rob it's, and I don't. It's a U. U, Hank okay. Hank yeah. knows what it is. It's like, a tight, <laughs> it's like a tight end wing type player. It's a but, mixture of a tight end fullback. Wing. It's like a wing. It's like a tight end that's never going to have his hand in the dirt, but he's still going to do a lot of blocking and a lot of route running. I think that, and also when we put keys in the slot and Zion in the backfield, is just another way our coaches can get more kids on the field who can make plays. Yeah, and I think that's something we had we didn't have as much last year that this gives us is versatility. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at our fullback last year; he was a converted lineman. He's he went to the coach. He's like, "Hey, I don't want to run routes." And that's fine because he was the best fullback I've seen us have in years. Yeah, like, coach, you know. I will block as hard as I can, but I can't catch. So <laughs> yeah. don't try it. <laughs> yeah, like you're calling my number for to run a flare out for an open touchdown? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, I'll block. <laughs> yeah, and let me block on power. 
And, you know, there's something to be said that he was really good at blocking. It's like that old Bruce Lee quote, you know, I fear not the man that's practiced 10,000 kicks once, but the man that's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. But that makes you easier to prepare for, you know, as, say, a different team scouting and preparing for you. You Mm -hmm. look at what, um, I, I go back to what Hoban did just against our, jet sweep look they'd roll to cover three because they knew we didn't have a threat of four verticals in that look every time it happened so having zion that being said having zion now that's actually a really good blocker that can still you know go out and uh run a pattern or carry the ball that makes it a lot harder to prepare for as a defense yeah, I don't have much to touch on with that except for you're adding another playmaker onto the field. Yep. You know, you're not losing much in the blocking game by having him out there compared to a converted lineman. Mm. Um, but you are adding that threat of somebody that can run a route, somebody that can take a trick play handoff, you know, anything, mix it up, throw both of them back there at the same time, you know, split back it. Point is, you're adding another athlete onto the field. He adds another dimension that teams didn't have to really prepare for last year. And at the end of the day, it's going to make the team better. And as the year goes on, I'd expect to see more and more of it. Yeah, and that's something, you know, college coaches look at. They're not just looking at the stat sheet. They're like, okay, how is your blocking when you're not – how's your effort when you're not getting the ball on this play? And I think that's something Zion and the rest of our guys do exceptionally well is go full effort 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's not just talent. Like you said, it's value added. That's really what you're looking for. Yep. Well, that's about all I got to touch on Warren and the rest of this conversation in general. Rob, Cody, you guys got anything? Man, shortest podcast in a long time. Yeah. I'm Actually, kidding. no, we're like going on an hour now. All right. Well, we usually have like three hours before the podcast starts. <laughs> well, we had a solid hour 20 before this podcast oh, started. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, not bad. And I guess clarifying, we can cut this if we want to. The 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 writers we talked about earlier from yeah. Pittsburgh, these guys aren't Penn Trafford fans per se. They're just writers who like to talk a lot. Little J journalists. Um, I'm sure the people at Penn Trafford are great. They're excited to come here. We're excited to have them. It'll be fine. We we're not necessarily talking down on them. We're talking down on people who want to try and disregard what Maslin was built over the past what 125 years yeah I guess we should have kind of clarified that earlier it, it wasn't necessarily a Penn Trafford guy it wasn't their head coach no, that came no. out and said this um, it was a writer in the Pittsburgh area that yeah. covers them and other teams in the area so it's not specifically a Penn Trafford guy so it's not that we're necessarily upset with them but this is the game where we're going to take it out on them yeah. because of what the writer in their area said. Yeah, yes. I, I Sorry hope, about your luck. I hope that writer's working on his apology letter because even if he's not feeling our wrath, the rest of the team is going to see what Maslin football is all about. That's right. Yeah, so show up to the game. Bring the family. Everybody that's hesitant about going, bring them. It's going to be a big game. If nothing else, it's always exciting playing these out of state teams because they get to experience this for the first time. It's, it's the unknown too. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen until you show up. Exactly. And with that, I think uh, Cody's got one more thing to add here before we send it off. A pop tart is one hundred percent a ravioli. Oh, so you listened to JP's podcast and you had to? You want to chime in a little bit? I had to. All right, no question. Why? This could go down a rabbit hole. There is a filling inside of a crust. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, if you're not a psychopath, you warm it up before you eat it. You warm up your pop tarts. You don't. You warm up a toaster strudel. You don't necessarily have okay, to warm a toaster strudel and a pop tart are different things, but they're both ravioli. They are both ravioli. They are both ravioli. Hmm. 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 Is a calzone a ravioli? Under my definition, yeah. Hmm. An apple pie is technically a ravioli under my definition. I mean, this an is an apple like, pie. Yeah, it's a filling inside of a crust. There's a long rabbit hole we could go down. If only if it has like a top crust to it. What if it doesn't have the top crust? I, I don't want any of that lattice. No, full crust. All right, but if, okay. So if it's just a 
open-ended, no crust on top pie. Is that a ravioli or no, just a pie? No, it's not a ravioli. It's not all the way around it. So that's not a ravioli. So, but a chicken pot pie is a ravioli. So a Krause's mm. double, so double crust pizza is a ravioli. It's a ravioli. Yeah, but ravioli. a regular Krause's pizza is not a ravioli. No, it's a pizza, correct. East side or west side, though? No bar. <laughs> you know, I was raised on the east side. I've had both. East side. On principle. It's west on side principle, till I die. I, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then east side. Yeah. If we're just standing our ground here, east side, two against one. I mean, we've already had this podcast. The exact same pizza. <laughs> so west side. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't take a stand last time. I should probably go back and listen to that one, shouldn't I? Yeah. I mean... I never listen to any of them, so it's whatever. Yeah, I do, I do not go back and <laughs> like, listen to these. I, I trust that you edit them well <laughs> You and that have, I don't listen. You have far too much trust in me. Yeah, I was worried about that. So was I. It's worked out this far. So far. You know, it's all going to come crashing down sooner or later, but uh, right. tonight's One probably not pile. that night. Yep. Yeah. At least we don't have like too many shareholders we have to answer to. I think we technically have a sponsorship sponsorship with JP now, don't we? Yes. Maybe, uh, kinda. Yeah, I mean we. I mean we support him and he supports us. Yeah. Is that a, is that sponsorship? We'll uh, we'll give him this one for you know, everybody gets one. Everybody then, gets one. Yeah, and then we'll see where the uh, t-shirts come in. <laughs> so it's at the Tiger Store right downtown on Lincoln Way. Use the alley entrance. Yes. Okay. At least I'll listen Simon to one says. Podcast. Yeah. Simon, Simon says. says. Simon says. There you go. Yep. Simon says promotions. Go down there, get all your t-shirt and gears, custom apparel, and service with a smile. Service with a smile. That's the one. Yep, that's it. And if you hit Kmart, you've gone too far. On either side, really. Like going down Lincoln Way, you know, you should pass it. You're not sure how far you've gone. If you hit Kmart. If you get to Kmart, you've, you've gone, gone too far. You've yeah. gone way too far. Yeah, and I'm Under, sure going west, I, there's a Kmart too eventually. You hit that one, you've gone too far. What? Maybe. In, in Nebraska? <laughs> I've said eventually. <laughs> There's not even one on the east side anymore. <laughs> we all know what that place is. It's Kmart until there's another sign on that building. And we don't like going past it. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So, with that, I guess, go Tigers. Beat Penn Trafford. Beat Penn Trafford. Go Tigers. Ding, ding.
Sie.